Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on Friday afternoon, wrapping up the week here. As we get set for some afternoon baseball and some evening baseball as well. Not everyone is in action, though, as some teams getting the day off after having their home opener yesterday and needed to have that scheduled off day in case the weather didn't go according to plan. And we did get a couple cancellations yesterday. Games being made up today. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on Instagram at Aaron88. And find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. My latest article is Stockwatch, a look at three players rising, three players falling. And this is a good idea of sometimes players to pick up off the waiver wire, players to potentially buy low, maybe some players that you should panic on, other players where maybe there you know, shouldn't be a worry. So obviously we're dealing with very, very small sample size at this point. But you can read that article, check it out for yourself. I will have a two-start pitcher article coming out probably tomorrow. Uh, I've already kind of went through the two-star pitchers and just kind of see need to see if there's any cancellations today. And, you know, that's try to get it out on a Saturday to give you guys a head start as you head to the waiver wire. But you got to remember that there's definitely, uh, you know, some things that are subject to change. We also have you covered for the Masters Tournament. Uh, cheat sheet from Sean Childs is up there now. Sean is going to join me at 3.20 p.m. Eastern to talk baseball. You can find all his work at scoutfantasysports.com. He does the closer charts. He does the weekly rankings and the waiver wire article as well. We also have uh, another NFL mock draft uh, on the site as well for Mark Morales-Smith. So you can check that out there. I've uh, filed my mock draft. We'll have dynasty football coverage, NFL draft coverage for you as well. So tons of content that we have you covered for on scoutfantasysports.com. If you have any questions, you could ask them on the message boards and forums. And, you know, this is a real good opportunity where maybe you have a long question and it's really difficult to ask on Twitter due to the character limits. Maybe it's in depth and you have several players that you want to ask about. This is where you get your opportunity to do it. Just, you know, post uh, no character limits, whatever you need. And either myself, Sean Childs, Dr. Roto will get back to you promptly with an answer to help you throughout the season. And we are here the entire year. You could also check us out, scoutdfs.com. Uh, MLB off to a really good start. You can see all the screenshots going on. And you can read the articles for yourself. And what I do like is they're not long because, you know, it's easy to sit there and give, you know, 70 recommendations of players to play. And, yeah, you're going to be right on quite a few of them but it's nice to narrow it down and go okay here are the options and it gives you a, a better idea of who to use in your lineup so that's uh, one of the things i like about the articles and you get a few different opinions from different people 
Of course, you got the optimizer as well, where maybe you have uh, a good base for the day. You got your pitcher, you got a few bats, but you're kind of unsure where to go elsewhere. Just put that in the optimizer and click optimize. And if it spits something out that you don't like, what I like to do is go, hmm, okay, what am I missing here? And then dig deep, do some research and go, uh, what is the optimizer seizing that I'm not? And there are other times you're going to disagree with it. It's happened to me many times, and sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. You know, especially with the NBA, where I'll be like, really? They like this guy? And I'll be like, no, nah, I don't. And then I'll go out, not play him, and then be like, oh, okay, it was right. So there's reasons for it. And it's a, just a good gauge to kind of get an idea of maybe some players that you were missing in your research or sometimes you don't have a long time to make a lineup and you just want to throw something in quickly. That's where the optimizer comes into play. Of course, you got the Slack chat as well where you can you know ask your questions leading up to lineup lock. And, of course, VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. They've been really good giving out some free picks. They gave out the Pirates minus 111 yesterday. They won again. So they're giving out some free picks. Uh, you can check those out and the results on Twitter at Vegas Whispers. Uh, and then on the site, uh, become a member, and then you can get access to all the selections that are provided. Let's take a look at some of the latest news. We'll get to the lineups for the evening games uh, in the final segment of the show. We'll keep you posted, too, on all the live action from the afternoon. Not a ton of games. Only one game live right now, uh, Mariners and White Sox. And then we got a bunch of games starting around 4 o'clock. And then, of course, the rest of the games on the night slate. So nice little divide here today where you can watch a lot of baseball. Uh, some news here. Carlos Martinez, he's been out with this shoulder injury. He's going to resume throwing off the mound on April 13th. So he's already doing some long toss from 120 feet, and he's ready to get on a mound. So he's still on a throwing program at this point, and you know, he probably won't go on a rehab assignment until – I would think the end of the month. The interesting thing here with Martinez is, you know, the Cardinals haven't really said what their plan is. Is he going to start? Is he going to get pitched out of the bullpen? Does he close? Uh, very interested to see what they do with Carlos Martinez. Uh, I would think Jordan Hicks gets the opportunity to close here, and he did have that blown save against Milwaukee, but he also had uh, bounced back a couple days later with a couple of scoreless innings. So I think he will get every opportunity to seize that closing job. But if he does struggle, maybe you see Martinez come in there and close for a bit. Uh, so that's going to bear watching. And Martinez was a guy that I just uh, did not draft. Even when he fell late in leagues, uh, I just couldn't do it because I just wasn't unsure what his role was going to be and uh, decided to um, not uh, – Take the chance on him. Uh, Marcel Ozuna, he went for an MRI on his side, and apparently he's fine. He's in the lineup today. They're saying it's just a contusion. So uh, I know Craig Mish of SiriusXM reported that Ozuna is dealing with it as a result of being hit by a pitch in the final weekend of spring training. So certainly not the news that Jose Martinez and Tyler O'Neill owners were hoping to hear. I know uh, me as a Jose Martinez owner – I was hoping maybe Ozuna missed at least a couple games to get in Martinez in my lineup this weekend. And again, not rooting for injury at all, but was just uh, kind of hoping to get some playing time for a guy like Jose Martinez, who we know can hit. It's really the defensive side 
uh, which is a problem, finding a spot for him. Edwin Encarnacion has been dealing with a hand injury. He's still out of the lineup for the Mariners. He hasn't played since Monday. So they're saying he is available to pinch hit, and he should be in the lineup tomorrow as Daniel Vogelbach gets a start again, this time as the DH today with that game going on right now. We'll get to some of the highlights uh, in that game in just a little bit. Also, uh, Clayton Kershaw had a uh, rehab start yesterday. Started off a little shaky, but it was a decent line. I think he threw around 61 pitches, and he said he felt good. And he is going to have another bullpen session tomorrow, and then in all likelihood he will have another rehab start next week. I know he had said, I saw his comments after the game, that he would rather pitch for the Dodgers, but at the same time, he didn't want to put a burden on the bullpen if he came back with a low pitch count. So my guess is they probably try to get him up to 75, 80 pitches. If he comes out feeling well and everything is fine physically, you could see him back on the mound with the Dodgers right after that. So I know the people who took him seventh, eighth round are feeling good about that and hope that he doesn't hit any road bumps and is able to return for the Dodgers. Vladimir Guerrero, his rehab started. Yesterday, he's at high A to Needham, and uh, he went one for four with a run scored yesterday. So I would think he's back in two weeks, a week or two. Uh, definitely don't think he'll be on the sideline that long. Mike Fultonewicz, he made his first rehab start yesterday at AAA. He threw five scoreless innings. He walked two and struck out two, 56 pitches to get through the five innings. Uh, reportedly mostly in the 92 to 94 range with his fastball. And, you know, that is a couple miles below. Uh, he did touch 96, but again, first rehab start, and we see a lot of pitchers early in the year. Velocity is down a little bit. They're expecting Fulton Awich to make one more rehab start before joining the rotation. And, you know, I did not like Fulton Awich early in the year because before the injury, he was going in the fifth, sixth round of drafts. And, you know, some of the numbers last year, I think he got a little lucky. The walk rate was still a little bit high. But he really started to fall on drafts. If he is able to come back after one more rehab start and be, you know, not even, you know, a, even a little bit less than what he did last year, it could turn out to be a nice value. I think we all got scared off, obviously, with that elbow issue. You never want to hear that. And, you know, it's always mixed with different pitchers. Obviously, Andrew Heaney, it hasn't gone as well. So I think it's uh, something that you definitely uh, could benefit from here. He might turn out to be a good value. Going to have to wait and see. Uh, you're always worried about a pitcher in his elbow. But, you know, Heaney got the scare last year and was pretty good. Uh, this year, it hasn't worked out as well. And you're always worried about any time uh, a pitcher has some type of an elbow issue here. Shohei Otani said he feels like he could return this month, but it's up to the team. And, you know, they're obviously trying to be very cautious. So Otani is coming off the Tommy John surgery, but he has been hitting and they feel like he's ahead of schedule. He took 50 swings yesterday. He did some throwing on Wednesday as he threw 20 uh, tosses from a distance of 60 feet. But remember, he's not going to uh, pitch this year. Uh, they'll just use him uh in the lineup as the DH, and he could still be productive, you know, especially if they're going to let him DH, you know, four, five, six times a week. You know, I haven't really seen what their plan is, and that's why I was a little worried. I wasn't sure exactly 
how many times he would be in the lineup each week, but he certainly showed that he could hit last year. Some of the highlights from yesterday, once again, you Darvish was not good. He allowed three runs in four innings. Uh, he allowed one run, but he came out in the fifth inning with two runners on base. Both came around to score as the Cubs bullpen has been a big problem so far. He only had two strikeouts. He walked four. One was intentionally and allowed five hits. So you could say, yeah, he's rusty. He you know, didn't pitch much last year. But, man, 11 walks in six and two-thirds innings this year is reminiscent of the Darvish we saw last year. So Darvish was someone who burned me badly last year. And I mentioned that you can never allow that to deter you from taking the player the next year, especially if you get him at a discount. Now, Darvish was cheaper than years past, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th round, it wasn't good enough for me. It wasn't a cheap enough discount. And I started to, you know, last couple of weeks, I'm like, do I need to kind of reevaluate things on Darvish? You know, he was throwing 94, 95. And you got to make sure you get that stench out from the year before. Because Darvish really hurt me. It was an NFBC auction league. And if I would have gotten just, you know, a decent year out of Darvish, probably could have won the league. You know, when you spend... I think it was 26 on Darvish. That was the guy I spent the most on. I was fortunate enough to get Bauer and Clevenger at good prices, but you know, also I had Taiwan Walker who got hurt, Sean Manaya, who was really good until he went down. But we all get injuries. But for your high price guy to really give you nothing and be a negative, you know, it, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. But you cannot play the game that way. But I just didn't think he was enough of a discount. And so far, it looks to be correct. It's only two starts, and he can easily turn it around. We saw what he did with the Dodgers a couple of years ago. It's certainly not the start you were looking for for you, Darvish. And uh, it's a theme here for the Cubs. They have really struggled to begin the year. And uh, I had them on the under for wins this year, under 87.5. Yankees offense finally gets going. Glaber Torres with a big game, 4 for 4, 4 RBIs, and 2 home runs against the Orioles yesterday. So, we know that Torres is going to get a boost as he moves up in the lineup a little bit. You know, we saw him hit, I think, clean up the other day. He was back down to seven yesterday, but you got to think that he moves up. Aaron Hicks has been cleared to resume baseball activities, and we'll see when he returns. You know, we have no timetable. Does he get a setback? But you got to be concerned, anyone with a back injury. You know, Luke Voigt homered on opening day, then he's been quiet, but he had a home run yesterday. And, the biggest thing here is with all the injuries, the playing time is pretty much assured for Voight, and uh, I think he'll definitely have a, a pretty good year there. Uh, James Paxton wasn't great this game considering it was Baltimore. Five and a third innings, four earned runs. He did have the nine strikeouts, and he got the win. So a good sign there. I just think that he's going to disappoint based on where he was drafted. This is a guy we saw go in the fifth round of many drafts. And he has not pitched more than 160 innings in a season. And there were some uh, pretty bad signs for him last year. Uh, Jonathan VR hit his second home run of the season. I really like him this year. Uh, probably don't have him in enough leagues. But one of my bold predictions was he'd finish as a top three second baseman this season. Uh, a lot of people have been kind of complaining there about Michael Givens and what the Orioles are doing in the bullpen. And I don't know. He came in the eighth inning of a losing game. He did a lot of two runs in an inning and a third. I think this was also, I don't think he had pitched for three, four days, so they probably wanted to give him some work. So I don't know if he's the closer at this point. They've had four opportunities. Four different guys have gotten saved. So I know they have said they're not going to name a closer. So uh, who knows there? Obviously, we talked about Trevor Bauer a little bit in the opening hour, but seven scoreless innings, no hits, six walks, eight Ks. 
he has held opponents to a zero twenty four average so far, one for forty two. So really like him. His opponent in the game, Aaron Sanchez, was a guy I got in a couple leagues pretty late. A great fantasy baseball invitational, my home league. You know, people kind of forgot about him. He's had the blister issues and injuries the last couple of years. Uh, but I thought it was worth taking a shot on late to see if it could work out. And he's been pretty good so far. I know it was the Indians lineup, but six innings, two earned runs, five Ks. He's got a 1.64 ERA through two starts. And, you know, we've seen several of the Blue Jays starters pitch very well so far. Again, part of it is facing mediocre offenses. But it's definitely a good sign there for Sanchez that, you know, he's uh, been able to stay healthy and produce so far. Alex Gordon, two for two, two runs, two RBIs, two home runs. He's been hitting third in the lineup. I think we all don't expect this to last. But certainly, outfield is very, very tough in a 15-team league. And maybe he can at least be a temporary piece for you if uh, you're really struggling, if he's out there. Uh, uh, we also had Javier Baez at his third home run. He also got a scare because it looked like he hurt his leg. Uh, but he d did stay in the game, and it doesn't look like it's anything serious for him, which is the last thing that he needs. A.J. Minter made his debut. He was activated from the DL. He pitched two-thirds of an inning. He did walk a couple batters, but don't be surprised if he's in the chance to close soon because Vizcaino's had some shoulder issues, and he was unavailable as well, so something to keep an eye on. When we return, Sean Childs of ScoutFantasySports.com. We'll talk baseball with him next. Fantasy. If you're streaming your starting pitchers against Blue Jays, they've been no hit through the like first five innings of a game yeah. for like five days in a row. They, They're very bad, so stream your pitchers against Toronto Blue Jays. The, the lineup yesterday was absolutely brutal. They basically started their bench, too. Murray, Socrates, Brito batting second, Grichuk, yeah. Rowdy Telez, Danson, Billy McKinney, Lourdes Gurriel, Freddie Galvez, and Alan Hansen. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and attorneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Got the Stockwatch article up right now. Two-star pitchers will go up tomorrow. And, of course, 
waiver wire article, weekly rankings. We have all that covered for you. And doing some of that work, it is Sean Childs from ScalFantasySports.com. And Sean joins me now. Sean, what's up? Uh, just getting ready for the baseball season. And uh looks like football's about a month away. And uh, we're going to be awfully busy in the next couple of months. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's that busy time. We got the NFL draft less than three weeks away. So that's going to draw a lot of coverage, and then all of a sudden people will be doing best ball drafts and getting ready, and it's only the beginning of the baseball season. And we go through this every year. People tend to kind of look at small sample sizes. You're already seeing the questions we're getting on the message board where people wanted to jump off of players after four, five, six games. And, you know, you have a lot of experience doing this, and you've had a lot of success in the high-stakes world. So, you know, what – piece of advice can you give to people because we know we live in a society now people don't have patience they see a guy oh he's got three home runs i gotta get him so what is the best piece of advice to give to people that are ready to pull that trigger finger and it's probably not the wisest thing to do the first thing i think the most important thing is understanding the the uh, quality or the upside of a player that you drafted or or that's playing in your starting lineup i, I mean i guess probably the most of the questions we're going to get is starting pitching right around now because, you know, you know, a player with a lesser resume or, you know, not much experience in majors can, you know, pitch a couple of nice games and uh, outperform, you know, a, you know, even like a Rodriguez from the Red Sox kind of struggled out of the gate and people want to drop some of that. But I think by the length of people playing fantasy sports, they understand the talent better, but like a newcomer, they're just kind of named. So you have really have to know the player pool, where a player is coming from, and, and, you know, what's the ultimate direction of both players. And, uh, you know, for me and you, uh, we have a pretty good handle on, you know, what we expect of somebody. And most likely we draft in deeper leagues where we probably don't have as many, you know, quality options in the free agent market. So that's a difference for us. So, uh, you know, just keep your head down, understand who you have, and, you know, also understand who they play for and you know wins are important along with the ra and whip yeah and i think we're seeing some pitchers that maybe we didn't expect to do 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 well you know start off well i think a lot of it is there are some bad lineups in baseball right now so i think one of the difficult things now is trying to figure out okay which of these guys have some staying power or is it because they went up against some really bad lineups i mean the indians lineup right now the blue jays there's just a lot of bad lineups so is that probably the most difficult part right now is saying, okay, you know, like a guy like Spencer Turnbull, you know, had a good start yesterday with the strikeouts, but, but you look at his opponents. Uh, is that one of the things that you, you try to figure out right now and go, okay, what is real and what is based on the opponent being so bad? Yeah, I, I think that's um, probably the secondary step for me. The first thing is, you know, to go back and see where they came from and what they did in the minors to kind of give you a floor or a ceiling what we expect. And, uh, you know, Turnbull, I looked at him after his first good game, and I looked at him like, yeah, you know, gave up more hits to innings in the, in the minors, maybe at AAA, looked at a couple lines, and I was like, you know, I'm not really seeing it. I didn't really dig into the prospect book because I was still in Vegas, but, you know, I know we repeated and had a nice game, but my initial reaction was, you know, I wasn't buying, especially with these pitching for the Tigers that aren't going to win a ton of games. But after two games uh, in a shallow league, like an AL only league, you're probably forced to something like that. But in a mixed 15 team league or a 12 team league, uh, you know, it's going to be a trap probably over the long, you know, long haul. He's going to probably pay back the guys that invested late on him with, with some, you know, kind of below par outings. 
What about a guy like Chris Sale? Velocity is down. It was pretty significant in the last start. We did, he didn't pitch much in the spring, and I think that's been an issue for the Red Sox now and most of their starters. But is Sale someone that you've seen that worries you based on his first two starts, or you think that he'll be fine and eventually the velocity will increase? Yeah, you just never know if he's kind of you know going through the motions and taking it easy until he gets back into form and not airing it out. Um, it was interesting. A friend of mine that played in New York in the high stakes market, you know, it's like, oh, and he's a Yankees fan. I'm glad I didn't get Chris Sale. Is uh, you know, I had the 14th pick and I took Aaron Nola and I was excited about it. And then Aaron Nola gets blasted and gives up a bunch of home runs. And he has his full velocity and everything. So, you know, you just got to watch. You know, he he got batters out. He didn't strike out anybody. His velocity was there. Um, you know, the Red Sox paid him an awful lot of money. For a guy that, that if he's hurt, you know, it's going to be a bad investment. So I think Sale in the long run will be okay. Um, obviously, we'd like to see him throwing in the mid-90s, but, you know, when it warms up a little bit and get a few more innings, he'll probably turn the corner. So, you know, he's just got to be patient. In our in our game, we, uh, we can't trade our way out of our mistakes. So, uh, you know, just ride him out. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find all his work, scoutfantasysports.com. Tyler Molly with a, a good uh, season debut yesterday. He was very inconsistent last year, but it seemed like uh, I think he had a decent spring. Is Molly a guy that maybe can uh, produce for our fantasy teams in deeper formats this year? Yeah, I mean, he was. I think he, I had a pretty good write up for him when I did the preseason uh, uh, work on the outlooks, and I drafted him on the fifteen team events, and I think I even have him on a twelve teamer. Um, I thought he would get a decent chance in that rotation. Um, his Minor league resume supported a lot better success than he had last year. Struggled with long balls, you know, home runs last year, stuff like that. So uh, um, I like what I saw. I'd like to see it repeated, and, and hopefully he stays in the rotation even when Alex Wood comes back. And uh, But he's, he's a guy that, you know, his chance at an ERA under 3.5. You know, he pitches in kind of a, you know, below par, par park for, you know, a hitter's park, basically. I think one of the more frustrating things right now is the Padres outfield. Uh, obviously, they got five guys for three spots, and they've kind of mixed and matched. You know, Hunter Renfro had a two-homer game the other day. He's not in the lineup today. There's Myers, who's pretty much going to play every day. Then you got more to go. Uh, Reyes, Cordero. You know, what do you do with the, if you have one or two players in this outfield right now, especially in the weekly league? Like, what do you do? Do you just stay patient and hope it sorts out? Or do you have to move quickly and say, look, I'm not getting enough at-bats from a couple of these guys? I think you're going to have to micromanage that outfield if you have any of those players. I was really surprised that Reyes was getting drafted that high, you know, because he was getting treated as a full-time player in the 15-team high-stakes market. But, you know, there was it was going to be cloudy, and even Margot, it was going to be cloudy in center field. So I think those situations were obvious. But people didn't pay attention to it when they were drafting to him. Now, but I mean, all it takes is one injury, and you know, it, it clears up some of that situation. And also, like if Margot looks, looks pretty good swinging a bat, if he got hot, you know, he's going to be in the lineup more. So, you know, you got to be like same thing. You know, kind of be patient and see how it works its way out. But uh, you know, for now, um, it, it, you, if you have that situation of any of those players, you should have saw some of this coming before the start of the season. Want to go back to the Red Sox starters outside of Chris Sale for a second? You brought up Eduardo Rodriguez. He did struggle yesterday, although two of the runs shouldn't have scored. And uh, Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley seem to have some type of miscommunication. It was a ball that should have been caught, and two less runs for him. Nate Iavaldi, who I think you got a question on at the message board, uh, he's off to a slow start. Is this just a collective team slump, and maybe these guys didn't get enough? 
appearances in the spring because uh, we know the pedigree of these guys. Is this a one where you're just trying to preach to people, hey, it's a couple bad starts. If this happened in July, you wouldn't overreact this, like this. Just stay patient. Is that basically the message here that you're sending with guys like Eduardo Rodriguez and Nadia Ovaldi and Rick Porcello right now? Yeah, all of them. You, you'd like them to throw a lot more strikes and you know be more productive, but all the Red Sox starters have kind of struggled out of the gate. Um, but you know, they will be coming home and the team will score runs and eventually they'll work away way into better situations. And it, but you know, all their, most of their starters are going to need three or four starts to uh, correct their numbers. And if any of their starters, have, you know, have any early season injury, they're going to be behind the eight ball of correcting that. So, but the team Red Sox, you know, have to be the favorite in the AL East again, after the Yankees have had so many injuries and Severino getting hurt. So, um, you know, Red Sox are going to win a lot of games this year. The division looks pretty favorable. Other, you know, Tampa looks pretty good on the pitching side. So uh, there's a lot to like about the Red Sox over the long haul. Christian Walker has opened some eyes in Arizona. He's put up big power numbers in the minor leagues, and they started to talk about Jake Lamb taking some grounders at third, and then Lamb got injured the other day, hurt his quad. Haven't seen any update, but it didn't look like uh, he was going to play anytime soon. My guess is he goes to the injured list. So that opened up even more time for Walker. Should we be a believer in Walker going forward? I think we have to be. I think he was a guy that was a pretty, you know, if he played in a single league like an NL, that he was a pretty good dollar player if he could work his way into playing time. And just the way the injuries have shaken out and he started off well, I mean, he's a guy that could hit 25 home runs and hit for a decent batting average, and he just never had the opportunity. So now he has a chance to possibly get regular bats and, uh, he plays well, he's going to stay in the lineup going forward. Some of these closer situations, just there's no clarity there. You know, what are you doing for Kansas City, for example? They said it would be Ian Kennedy and on. As I say that, by the way, Jake Lamb has indeed been placed on the injured list. So he goes on the injured list with that quad entry. No surprise there. Uh, but Kansas City, they said it was going to be Ian Kennedy. His first opportunity, he blows it. Peralta came into a tie game, gave up a run. I know there was some talk about Kyle Zimmer, and he came into a game yesterday and couldn't find the strike zone. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, avoid it. But, you know, in a 15-team league where you really need every save you can get, isn't it difficult kind of to ignore teams? So Kansas City, Baltimore, teams like that, like, what are you doing? Are you trying to take a flyer on the deep end of the bullpen? Or are you ignoring it? What do you do in these situations where we just don't have any clarity on who's closing right now? Um, he's right. actually the third closer. I think I have Hader and uh, Jansen in front of him. But, you know, I thought he had the most experience. We'd get the best opportunity. He struggled in spring training, struggled out of the gate. He looked a little better in his last couple of sh uh, starts. So, I um, mean, outing. So, uh but, you know, Ian Kennedy is a guy with major league experience, and he's not pitching the relief, but, you know, he has shown that he can get major league batters out, and maybe in short stints he could be even better pitcher. So uh, Zimmer is the one that everybody in the high stakes is kind of saying he's going to be the future closer based on his talent, and but he's been hurt his whole career. So I think um, I just did a bullpens, and I just submitted him for the scout fantasy, and I just think that it's going to be kind of in flux in that situation, and they're just going to have to take your shots and not make a big investment on each player if they're on the waiver wire. You know, spend a little bit of money, take your shot, and if they're getting saves, you just ride them out. And if they start to lose momentum, you know, try to shift to the next guy when you see it's happening before, you know, the job has been switched on the field. So uh, it's just, you know, Baltimore is extremely difficult to protect as well because I don't think any of their arms are really, you know, offer a lot of upside at this point of the season. 
Joined by Sean Child, ScoutFantasySports.com. Did you make any significant pickups off the waiver wire last week in your high-stakes leagues? Uh, did you spend any decent amount of money, or were there a couple players that you targeted uh, off the waiver wire last week? I, I ended up with Wong on one team, and I, I really was one of the low guys bidding on him. I, I, I really, um, you know, my first two main events, I drafted Odor, and I had a pretty good second baseman, but just the way the draft went, I uh, ended up, you know, almost punting second base, and I end up taking a shot on maybe Ian Hop. You know, you know, coming back and getting second base qualification, and that. But I got lucky that Lemayu got a job in the twenty-six. But I didn't know that on the waiver wire that he would get more playing time going forward. So, you know, I was able to get Wong for fifty-nine bucks. Um, made a couple of minor changes, but I, you know, kind of like the same thing we talk about. You know, you draft guys for a reason, and you know, I didn't pick up anybody for just stats for like the uh, Oakland and Seattle game. So I, I drafted players I liked. So I don't want to part ways with them. And the only person I was, you know, chucking back to the waiver wire was Kyle Edwards, who struggled out of the gate. And I and I probably can dump Rosenthal because you know he probably moved to third third in road in the rotation, if, even if uh, Doolittle had a pro- problem there. So you know, I drafted the teams, and just you, you know, you, you, if somebody presents themselves, you're going to pick them up. But um, you know, you just you know, one week at a time in the you know the high stakes fantasy market. Uh, what are your thoughts on a guy like Matt Shoemaker? You know, this is a guy that has flashed in his career, but has had some injuries. And so far this year, now with Toronto, 14 scoreless innings, 15 strikeouts, three walks. He's got that good splitter. They have come against Detroit and Baltimore. So is Shoemaker a guy that you think is worth adding, maybe even potentially in a 12-team league? Or do you need to see more because this is more a product of the teams he has faced? He'd be interesting, and because he probably didn't sign a you know long term deal, and the way Tor- Toronto was peddling their players around, you know, he easily could get switched to somebody that's possibly a contender, you know, and you know for a minimal you know uh, compensation and a deal. So he he showed some upside with command and stuff with the Angels in the past, but he's battled some injuries over the last couple of years. So it, I think he's a respectable arm. I wouldn't would be too excited if he was headed to Fenway or Yankee Stadium if they were healthy, but. Uh, for now, he pitched well. Uh, I think you might sometimes you can get like six or seven good starts out of a pitcher like that before they turn the corner. So, um, again, I wouldn't overpay for him, but I would be probably interested if, you know, he has a favorable matchup over the next couple of things and, you know, probably ride him out start to start. How about uh, a guy like Drew Pomerantz, uh, who had a decent first outing? He's pitching in San Francisco. It's a favorable ballpark. And this is a guy that we've seen produce – Good ERAs back in 2016, 2017, obviously had some injuries last year. Is he someone that maybe could be uh, on the radar in a 15-team league or uh, not someone that you're looking at at the time? It's it's just interesting. You get these pitchers like that, you know, looked good a couple years ago, really put up some bad numbers last year, looked like he was hurt and, you know, dead in the water and, you know, 30th round and a 15-team draft, you don't want to take him. In an ANL league, you don't even want to spend a dollar on him. But, you know, after one good showing, you're like, ah, you know, maybe he's back. And I, I think that, like you said, he's got enough experience. He's pitching in the right park where he, you know, could be productive in as far as ERA and, you know, might, his whip might be a little out of line, but he will strike out got some guys. So I think, you know, if he looks like he's, you know, pitching better, um, he has enough experience and he's had success in the majors that he's definitely worth a shot. I'm sure this has happened to you with all the years you've played, but in the NFBC, obviously there's no DL spots, seven bench spots. 
What if you're in a situation where you got like five, six guys on the DL and you really can't drop them because they're going to be back or they're significant players? How do you overcome that? Sometimes you just, you know, you have to take a zero uh, spot. I mean, I know you get excited and you hate to take zeros, but even when you have guys that are in your lineup, they can go, you know, go a whole week or even, you know, a couple of weeks with being, you know, relatively non-productive. So even if you pick up a guy off the waiver wire and you're going to hurt, uh, 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 drop a hurt guy, you know, it's not a guarantee he's going to have success right away. So you just have to take your lumps. I wish there was a better way to correct that part because I think the injuries in the high stakes market, you get, you get penalized twice. A, you know, you, you lose the stats and then B, you might have to make a bad cut that you shouldn't have to where a guy that's healthy all year is able to pick away at the waiver, waiver wire and, you know, he's healthy. So it, it's just, that's never been, you know, an area that's been a, a, um, corrected in the high stakes market. Do you think they should uh, add at least one or two injured list spots in the, in the upcoming years? I, I don't, I don't know if it's an injured spot, maybe even if it was one extra spot just to create a little more room, but um, you know, that's the difficulty of the game and it has a history of how it's been played. So he doesn't want to change it too much, but um, you know, it's uh, interesting because the DL, one extra DL spot on a team will diminish stuff, and then people will just start picking up, you know, guys that are hurt and holding them. So, you know, you don't want to reward a guy for picking up a player that's already hurt and putting there. But if you don't want to penalize a team that has a, you know, a player that is hurt that will end up on the waiver wire, so it's 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 a difficult decision there. All right, that is Sean Chop. I'll check him out. ScoutFantasySports.com has a look at the Masters. Waiver Wire article and weekly rankings. Sean, thanks for the time. Good luck on the Waiver Wire this weekend. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Come back, wrap it up, looking at some MLB lineups for the day. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Imagine the Mets. You, you want to get the hell out of Florida. You got a game in the morning, and you've got to wait because Major League Baseball shows up and wants to piss test somebody. And the dude that they choose doesn't have to go, so he had to pound back a bunch of water and sit there. And they waited. The plane could not leave until this guy took a leak. Their flight was delayed for over an hour. Somehow, like only the Mets jump. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. 
It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon. Check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Got Stockwatch looking at players who are on the rise, players whose stock is falling. Doesn't mean you drop them. It could mean a buying opportunity. So find out who those players are right now. We got NFL draft coverage as well, mock drafts. And a lot more, including ScoutDFS.com for NBA, NHL, MLB, PGA, MMA. Of course, big Masters week next week. Sean Childs already has that cheat sheet out for DraftKings if you're trying to be in the mix for that $1 million. And while your attention is focused on the start of the MLB season and this weekend's college basketball Final Four, NFL teams are focusing on the upcoming 2019 NFL Draft. And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. We'll get to a lot of the lineups that are out for the upcoming games here at 4 p.m. and at night. We do have some afternoon baseball. One game already underway. It is the top of the fourth inning. The White Sox lead the Mariners 6-4. to four. Daniel Vogelbach just went yard. An oppo, opposite field home run. He's in the lineup because Edwin Encarnacion is out with the hand injury. So they're expecting him, I think, to be back in the lineup tomorrow. But we'll see if Vogelbach can get some increased playing time here. He's got some power. We saw him last year. The problem is it's kind of crowded out there right now when you look at this team because... You know, Jay Bruce is going to play. He can play the outfield. They can DH him. Uh, they got Bruce at first base today. But obviously, when Encarnacion is healthy, he's going to play first. Bruce will DH a little bit. They'll have Bruce in the outfield a little bit. you got Malik Smith, who's got to play in center. Mitch Hanniger in right field. So the problem is it's pretty crowded. And there's a difficult time getting Vogelbach's bat into the lineup right now. So it's really going to take an injury for him to get an increase in playing time unless there's a slump or another injury here. Domingo Santana, who is a fixture in that outfield, he went yard in the first inning, an opposite field home run. He's driven in two. He just continues to mash the baseball. He's batting 314 with four homers and 13 RBIs. And if you are a member of ScoutFantasySports.com and you looked at my rankings, you better have Domingo Santana on your team. I think I had him ranked definitely in the top 40 in the outfield, but somewhere 35, 36, 37. Uh, I kept moving him up, and it was one of those things where it's like, okay, he keeps falling in drafts, but I didn't care, you know, and uh, I got him in several leagues. I have him in Tout Wars. I have him in my home league. I have him in the GGD Auction League, which is a 15-team league. I did not get him in the NFBC Auction because someone had more money than me left, and I knew it. I, you, you know this in an auction. You look up, and you're sitting there. You're like, oh, right, he's still on the board. Uh, let's look at the money situation. Then you're like, oh, no, there's one team that has more money than me, and they had one outfielder. So I knew it. I'm like, oh, man. I think I went to 10 bucks, and then he wound up going 11 and had to pause there. But uh, Santana, this is no surprise. He had 30 homers and 15 steals two years ago with Milwaukee. So 
He just, I don't know why he fell under the radar. He should have been going higher. Maybe people were concerned about the playing time. I don't know. And yeah, he's going to cool off and, you know, he'll be streaky, but he's playing every day. And this Mariners lineup has been a lot better than we expected. You know, Tim Beckham's a big part of that, although he has committed three errors today for Seattle. Uh, but, you know, he's gotten off to a good start. You know, even when Kyle Seager hurt, Healy's come in. He's batting 273. Bruce, I know he's not hitting for average right now, but he's going to, as long as he's healthy, he's going to hit 30 home runs. Hanniger's a good player. So the, the lineup has been a little bit better than maybe we thought. D. Gordon, uh, obviously his value has taken a little bit of a hit, batting ninth, but he has walked twice today, scored a run, and stole his fifth base of the year, and that's really why you drafted him. You knew you were not going to get big power from him, but you wanted to see him lead off for those runs scored, and he is one of those speed guys that can hit for average but just never fits my build. Uh, for the White Sox, Tim Anderson, two for two with two runs and two RBIs. So he is batting 429 on the season. Laurie Garcia, one for two, two with two runs scored, also stole his second base of the year. Jose Abreu, I didn't get him anywhere, but I thought he was going to be a nice bounce back candidate. He was banged up last year, and he's a guy that usually, for the most part in his career, has been 3,100. He didn't get there last year because of the missed time. Yoan Moncada, one for two with two RBIs, batting 455. And I'm not overreacting to this start at all because Moncada was a guy that I had in a lot of leagues last year, and he disappointed. He led the league in strikeouts. He got robbed in the first inning of a potential uh, grand slam. Uh, Malik Smith made a leaping try at the wall. The ball was in his glove, but as he slammed it to the fence upon impact, the ball was darted loose, so it went for a two-run double. But Moncada has looked really good so far. The biggest thing here, and this is something that you can look at early that might play out over the long haul of the season, is the contact he's making. He's always been a guy who draws walks, but he only has three strikeouts on the season so far. Uh, actually, four with one today. But just four strikeouts so far in 22 at-bats. That's a really good sign uh, because that was one of the things that you wanted to see from him is just put the ball in play a little bit more and – I just didn't get Moncada in enough leagues. I know I have him in at least one scout 44, but I don't know if I have him in any of the leagues. And part of it was, uh, and, and Sean Child alluded to this in the previous segment where he said, you know, he had Odor in a lot of leagues. I did too. So Odor was a guy that was going maybe a round or two before Moncada. So when you take him in that spot and you're into that portion of the draft, a lot of times I'm looking for a pitcher in that round, you know, because I don't want to, lock up my middle infielder immediately, especially with so many good values at the middle infield spot late. So it wasn't a case of, oh, I didn't want Moncada. I did. It just didn't work out. But he's going to wind up being a good bargain by the end of the year for all those that drafted him. Uh, Kikuchi having a rough time today. Again, the defense behind him hasn't helped. But three innings, seven hits, six runs, four of them earned a walk and two strikeouts. He's needed 72 pitches to get through three innings. Ronaldo Lopez... This is kind of typical of him, and you know he's very inconsistent. And I had him in leagues last year, and it made it difficult because there were weeks where you benched him, he went off. Then you're like, okay, I'll put him back in the lineup, and he got hammered. He's still very erratic and inconsistent. He's gone three and two-thirds so far, four hits, four runs, three walks, four Ks, and two home runs. And I don't think it's going to be much different from him this year. He's a guy that I'm I'm not a fan of. I didn't have him high in the rankings and not a guy I drafted in in leagues this year. I just don't see the consistency from him going forward, and it's a problem in fantasy. All right, let's take a look at the lineups for the games that are upcoming. 
At 4.10 p.m. Eastern, the Dodgers are in Colorado, so I'm sure if you're playing that small slate there, the Rockies are going to be popular. Their first game at Coors Field this year. Kenta Maeda against Tyler Anderson for the Dodgers. Enrique Hernandez leading off at second base. Corey Seager at short. Justin Turner at third. Cody Bellinger in right field. What a start for Cody Bellinger this year. A.J. Pollock in center hitting fifth. Max Muncy, he gets a start against the lefty. They faced quite a few, and he sat so far, so they get his bat in there against the lefty. Muncy batting sixth at first base. Chris Taylor's in left field hitting seventh. Russell Barton behind the plate hitting eighth, and Maeda on the mound. So no Jock Peterson against the lefty. And Austin Barnes, who I really like this year as a number two catcher, he sits in this game. The Rockies, Charlie Blackman leading off in right field. David Dahl. Hitting second and left, Nolan Arenado at third base, hitting third. Trevor Story cleanup at short. Ryan McMahon gets to start at first base today, hitting fifth. Ian Desmond in center. Garrett Hampson in the lineup at second base, batting seventh. Tony Walters behind the plate, hitting eighth. And Tyler Anderson on the mound, hitting ninth. The Padres are in St. Louis to take on the Cardinals. Nick Marjavicious against Jack Flaherty, who was shaky in his first outing. He was obviously drafted really high. He had the great spring, and he really started to move up draft boards and increase in auction price. He's got nasty stuff, and he'll get the start here at home today. For the Padres, a lineup that we are always paying attention to because of this outfield situation, Ian Kinsler leading off at second base, Eric Hosmer first batting second, Manny Machado at third base hitting third, Fran Mil Reyes in right field hitting cleanup. Will Myers in left field hitting fifth. Franchi Cordero gets to start in center field hitting sixth. So no Hunter Renfro, no Manny Margot today. Fernando Tatis at shortstop batting seventh. Francisco Mejia is the catcher hitting eighth. And Marja Vicious on the mound hitting ninth. You know, Mejia was a guy that a lot of people were excited about. And they wanted to take him. Because we know he has a good bat. My biggest concern was how many games is he going to catch? Because the position, especially now, is very important on the defensive side. And they feel Hedges is the better defensive catcher. I think we know Mejia has the better bat. But I think we're at the point right now in fantasy where, and I talked about this yesterday with Blake Swihart, we can take a number two catcher, even in a 12-team league, but especially a 15-team league, that doesn't play much because would you rather have the guy that's playing four or five times a week that's going to hit 210 or would you rather have a guy like Blake Swihart or Francisco Mejia or Williams Astadio who might only be in the lineups two to three times a week but they're probably going to give you definitely better batting average and the counting stats are not going to be great but they're not going to hurt you and I think that's the way to go this year and uh, I think I should have done that in more leagues. Mejia's price was a little bit high. That was the only issue. Is I think a lot of people were taking him sometimes as a top 12 catcher, thinking that he would be the everyday starter for the Padres, and that is not the case right now. For the Cardinals, Matt Carpenter leading off at third base. Paul Goldschmidt's at first base, batting second. Paul DeYoung at shortstop, hitting third. Marcel Ozuna in the lineup today. Very surprised. He went for an MRI yesterday due to side soreness. Apparently, he is fine. He's in left field today hitting cleanup. Yadier Molina behind the plate hitting fifth. Dexter Fowler, who got hurt the other day, hit by a pitch. Everyone wants to see him out as well. He won't go down. He's in right field batting sixth. Harrison Bader in center field hitting seventh. Colton Wong off to the great start at second base hitting eighth. And Jack Flaherty on the mound for the Cardinals batting ninth. 
Also, afternoon baseball, 4.35 p.m. Eastern, the Rays in San Francisco. Tyler Glass now against Derek Rodriguez. For the Rays, Austin Meadows leading off in right field. Tommy Pham in left field hitting second. G-Man Choi at first base batting third. Brandon Lau at second base hitting cleanup. Yandy Diaz back in the lineup. He's looked good so far, and if he could just lift the ball a little bit more, if he continues to hit fourth and fifth in the lineup, you're going to be happy with Yandy Diaz this year. He's at third base. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field hitting sixth. Willie Adamas off to a terrible start. He's at shortstop hitting seventh. Michael Perez is the catcher hitting eighth. And Glass now on the mound batting ninth. For the Giants, Steven Duger in right field leading off. Brandon Belt at first base hitting second. Evan Longoria at third base hitting third. Buster Posey is the catcher hitting cleanup. Brandon Crawford at short batting fifth. Harada Para is in left field hitting sixth. Kevin Pillar in center field batting seventh. Joe Panic is the second baseman batting eighth. And Derek Rodriguez on the mound batting ninth. To the night games, the Reds are in Pittsburgh. Sonny Gray against Joe Musgrove for the Reds, who have just really looked terrible offensively. Jesse Winker leading off at center field. Joey Votto's at first base. Yasiel Puig in right field hitting third. Eugenio Suarez at third base hitting fourth. Matt Kemp in left field batting fifth. Jose Peraza hitting sixth, playing second base. Tucker Barnhart behind the plate. Jose Iglesias at shortstop batting eighth. And Sonny Gray looks to rebound off to that terrible first outing where he just didn't have control, couldn't find the strike zone, and the velocity was slightly down. Still do like Sonny Gray for the long haul this year, uh, pitching in the National League and reunited with his college pitching coach. So it's about uh, just getting back on the mound and uh, seeing if we can see a little bit of the uptick in velocity because he was certainly great on the road last year and terrible at Yankee Stadium. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier leading off playing second base. Starling Marte in center field hitting second. Francisco Cervelli is the catcher batting third. Josh Bell at first base hitting cleanup. Jung-Ho Gong at third base hitting fifth. Colin Moran gets a start in left field. Corey Dickerson was placed on the injured list, so he's going to miss time. J.B. Shuck in right field hitting seventh. Eric Gonzalez is the shortstop hitting eighth. And Joe Musgrove on the mound batting ninth for the Pirates. The Twins are in Philadelphia. Jake Odorizzi against Nick Pavetta. For the Twins, Byron Buxton is out of the lineup. He did pinch, pinch run the other day and steal a base, but still dealing with a little bit of soreness in his back and chest, so he's out of the lineup. Max Kepler leads off in center field. Jorge Polanco is at shortstop, batting second. Eddie Rosario in left field, hitting third. C.J. Crones at first base, hitting cleanup. Marwin Gonzalez at third base, batting fifth. Jake Cave is in right field, hitting sixth. Jonathan Scope at second base, hitting seventh. Jason Castro behind the plate, batting eighth. And Jake Odorizzi on the mound, looking to follow up that great season debut where he struck out 11. Very tough matchup, though, here in Philadelphia. The one thing about the Phillies... I think they've had the same exact lineup. We were all worried about Gabe Kapler mixing things up. It's stayed the same so far, and they've had success, so why not? Andrew McCutcheon in left field leading off. Gene Segura at shortstop hitting second. Bryce Harper in right field batting third. Reese Hoskins at first base. JT Romuto is the catcher. Odubel Herrera in center field. Cesar Hernandez at second base. Mikal Franco at third. And Nick Pavetta on the mound hitting ninth. The Blue Jays in Cleveland. Trent Thornton against Shane Bieber. For the Blue Jays, Socrates Brito leads off in right. Teoscar Hernandez in left. Justin Smoke at first. Randall Grichuk in center field. Rowdy Telez, the DH. Brandon Drury at third base. Remember when they said he's our leadoff hitter? How quickly things change. Freddie Galvis at short. Richard Urena at second. And Luke Malley behind the plate. So no Danny Jansen today. For the Indians, Leonis Martin at center field. Tyler Naquin at 
in right field. By the way, no Jose Ramirez. He fouled the ball off his leg again yesterday, or his foot, and uh, he had to leave game. He is out of the lineup. Uh, Jake Bowers in left field hitting third. Carlos Santana at first base. Hanley Ramirez is the DH. Brad Miller is at second base. Kevin Plawecki catching. Max Moroff at third base. And Eric Stamets at short. What a terrible lineup. Red Sox in Arizona. Rick Porcello against Zach Godley for the Red Sox. Andrew Benatendi back at the leadoff spot in left field. Mookie Betts in center. Mitch Moreland at first. J.D. Martinez in right. Xander Bogarts at short. Raphael Devers moved down to the sixth spot at third base. Blake Swihart behind the plate. Brock Holt at second and Rick Porcello on the mound. For the Diamondbacks, Jared Dyson leading off in center. Eduardo Escobar at third. David Peralta in left. Adam Jones hitting cleanup now in right field. Christian Walker at first base. Cattell Marte at second. Nick Ahmed at short. Alex Avila behind the plate. And Zach Galdi on the mound, so no Wilmer Flores. Miami. In Atlanta, Pablo Lopez against Kevin Gossman for the Marlins. Curtis Granderson in left. Brian Anderson at third. Neil Walker at first. Starlin Castro at second. Jorge Alfaro behind the plate. JT Riddle at short. Lewis Brinson in center. Peter O'Brien in right. Pablo Lopez on the mound. For the Braves, Ender Inciarte in center. Josh Donaldson at third. Freddie Freeman at first. Ronald Acuna in left. Nick Markakis in right. Ozzie Albies at second. Tyler Flowers, Dansby Swanson, and Kevin Gossman. And the Cubs, Zobris, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, Descalso, Hayward, and Quintana as Jose Quintana opposes Brandon Woodruff tonight. Frankie Montas against McHugh and Lynn against Felix Pena. That wraps it up here. Have a great weekend. I'll be back Monday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.